0: Freak Nation, I can't tell you the last time we had Doug Coletta here in the Freak Nation. And I don't need to be dropping more numbers on this guy because he heard it at the top end after his big win <laughs> last weekend. Uh, it actually happened on Monday due to the rain delay. Uh, Doug Coletta, top fuel winner, joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Doug, when I hear 1,079 days was your last win, that blew me away. Needless to say, I saw your jaw damn near drop when you heard that number.
1: Yeah, that was uh – uh Quite a reminder of how long it's been. But uh, I had to think about that one when she said it. But uh, no, I'm really proud of my guys. Yeah, it was a, It was definitely. Um, they don't come easy these days, obviously. And uh, but no, we really had a good running car there at Maple Grove. Um, we in 360s all day, so that was uh, a big part of what we needed uh, to beat the folks. It's uh, the racing now in uh, the NHRA, uh, the Top Fuel and, and Funny Car, really all of the classes is super. Competitive. Everybody's cutting good lights, and you know it's just really uh, seems as competitive as it's ever been. So, um, but that was my uh, third final of the year. So we have been knocking on the door trying to, to get the win. But I was really relieved for sure uh, to finally get that fiftieth. Doug Coletta
0: joining us here in the Freak Nation, Maple Grove winner, top fuel class, joining us here in the Lucas Oil Studios, and. We're familiar with your business. Of course, we're familiar with with your uncle, Kalita Air and so many intricacies of running a business and how you're involved in these businesses. Curious, if you were full-time top fuel, it was nothing but you driving that car and dealing with your crew, do you think there would be more race wins for Doug Coletta, or is this just the way it is?
1: I think it's just the way it is. It's, um, yeah, no, it's, you know, I've got Alan Johnson and uh, Brian Houston and um you know they're really the as far as tuning cars, you know, they're as good as they get and uh, and I'm very fortunate, trust me. I was that's my first win with uh, Alan Johnson uh, as my crew chief and been racing against them my whole life. And uh yeah, no, it was uh, it was a huge uh, win for me to you know to get that monkey off my back with uh him as my crew chief and getting the win and all that, all that stuff. So a uh, big day.
2: It was an odd weekend for you guys in Maple Grove because you had, I believe it was tire issues, the last round of qualifying. So your car with the aero screen, with the, with the, the roof, I forget what you guys call it. That went goodbye. So you went back to a backup car and you made it look like with a backup car, like this win was easy. I know it wasn't, but explain all of that and how that played on your psyche on race day as well
1: yeah that was uh like you say we had for some reason we exploded uh, the right rear tire and uh yeah it was uh fortunately it didn't hit anything got the thing stopped but yeah our car was junk um so we drug out the backup car and that was a car that i've been running the end of last year so we're really familiar with that car and, and really the two cars are built on the same jig so uh but yeah Alan and uh brian and the guys they they Put our normal setup in that thing, and it it was apparently happy to get out of the trailers. All I like think of because that <laughs> thing uh, it really performed well. And uh, yeah, it, um, you never um, you know you're never sure what you know what you're going to end up with with a, a different car, but in this case, it really worked out well
2: who's better in a thrash type scenario? Is it you just basically needing to react with whatever you've got and just boom, go forward. Or is it Alan Johnson in being like, okay, this is what we've got. We got to thrash, make this work. We got a race day coming up. Who do you think thrives more on that sort of scenario?
1: Yeah, I think really all of our guys, uh, we also have Chad head who, uh, (laughs) uh, manager, right? So, uh, so Chad, uh, it was just a big team effort, really. But, yeah, our only choice was, you know, was to drag out the backup car. Um, we started looking at trying to, you know, see if we could run that car because it really didn't look that bad. But um, there was just a couple things wrong with it that, you know, made it obvious we needed to switch. But once we got it back on the jig, we realized that thing is just all twisted up. And uh, But a good thrash never hurts, you know, with uh, <laughs>
3: just kind of making it all real sometimes. So play. Doug Coletta won at uh, Maple Grove last week in his 50th win there's only 16 pro drivers now who have got 50 wins uh, in the in the pro categories. You mentioned Alan Johnson and it just popped into my head. He's a competitor. You used to race against each other. Is there in any competition, there's a lot of head games going on. Have you and Alan sat down away from the track and talked about some of the head games that went on between the two of you?
1: No, not too much. Um, You know, he's certainly known for um, winning championships, and that's definitely our goal here with um, five races remaining. So this is kind of what we've been trying to position ourselves for all year. So, you know, I'm super optimistic, uh, you know, really all everybody on my team, you know, Alan and. Um, that, you know, that we've got a good shot at, uh, you know, keeping our car very consistent, uh, hopefully putting the big numbers up and uh, and going rounds and, and being in contention at the end of this year. So uh, I'm not sure exactly how many championships he's won, but Alan seems to have a knack. <laughs> and i tell you, I'm super excited about the opportunity to, to drive the car and, uh, you know, and see what we can do this year because I've been second a number of times and and that's uh, definitely uh, not where we want to be this
3: year, for sure. When you went against Torrance at Maple Grove, that final round, I, I think it said that you went faster than uh, you've ever gone before. What was it? Three three 336, almost 337. That's Stunning in a thousand feet. Yeah,
1: for me that means that uh, the motor is is happy. Actually, that our car really hasn't been eating a lot of parts. It's just normal wear and tear when you're running something that hard. But uh, yeah, and Connie, he's uh, our fearless leader, and he's happy when uh, he's not buying
3: us all new parts for <laughs> stuff that we blow up. <laughs> I think you're a pilot for Coletta Air. When you're at thirty-five thousand feet at six hundred miles an hour, or whatever it is, does your mind ever go back to uh, the the lights and the, the the field and the racing and all of that going on? Do you have to fight to stay con- to concentrate on what you're doing?
1: No, no, no. We're. I'm the pilot to the races as well, so we uh, usually finish up on the weekends. You know, end up flying home. So I had to wait till uh, we got back to Detroit to celebrate a little bit. But uh, come on,
0: Doug, you can't tell me there's been one time after a successful race you looked over at your co-pilot and says, "Bro, I need to imbibe. I got to get lit. I'm going in the back. You take over." Come on, come on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually I can't say that I have. So. <laughs> I'm a pretty honest uh, pilot, I guess you could call me.
0: Good. Well, I'm not calling you dishonest, <laughs> you man. I'm just saying you turn the you turn the pl- plane over to somebody else because you deserve to get hammered in the back of the jet. Who is that?
1: Somebody yeah. else? I don't. I mean, That's what I'm working towards in my life is to be able to sit in the back. That's <laughs> my goal in life. Yeah, I haven't quite figured that one out yet.
0: <laughs> That's a dude that drives a dragster, three hundred 36, 37, 38 miles per hour. That's your goal, is to sit in the back of the plane?
2: Says all the other drivers who don't have private planes. They right. just want to sit in first class. You're like, no, just put me in the back.
0: Hey, Doug, <laughs> can you tell the difference between
1: 300 and 336? No, you really can't. Even, uh, you know, that first round, we ran 365, and I wasn't sure what to expect with this, you know, pulling this backup car out, so I thought the thing maybe ran a 370 or whatnot, but, uh,
0: we're talking um, about elapsed time here, just freak nation. Yeah, we're not talking elapsed about time. speed. Yeah. <laughs> <elapsed time.
1: laughs> but, um, but no, you really can't tell the difference. Uh, you're just trying to keep it in the groove and, and get that shoot out, you know, just as you're getting across the finish line. So, um, and there's a wind light down there too, that you've got a, an eye on as well. So that, uh, that, uh, is always what we're looking for.
2: Is there a point somewhere, whether it's mile per hour or elapsed time, where you can tell, all right, that kicked in. Is there some sort of a, a threshold where you can tell?
1: Yeah, you can. Uh, well, the car is accelerating the whole way. So um, sometimes when it has the front end up, you know, you can tell this thing's really, <laughs> really running. Um, <laughs> but typically the front end doesn't really come up too high. So if it's up uh, and carrying the front end, then it's it's running. Um, Pretty hard from there, you know. Is that what, Kenny? um,
3: Excuse me, Kenny Bernstein told us once that when the it's like driving a Cadillac when the, the the thing gets bowed and you can see it and everything is hooked up and it's going well, you can feel that in the car and you know that you're on a run, you're on a good run.
1: Yeah, that's probably a good way of putting it as well.
3: Wow, Doug, as always,
0: buddy. Thank you for doing this, man. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Great seeing you guys again.